Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast waiting for a whole dump of snow. Out West is Adam Stenko. Just two plug-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. Really do appreciate all of the kind words. The Going ISO edition earlier this week, we had newly minted Sports Illustrated NBA writer Howard Beck just moments after Kelly O'Coin, the actor and huge Blazers <laughs> fan and Brooklyn resident with Howard, broke the news that Howard Beck was going to Sports Illustrated. Had Howard Beck on for an hour conversation that if you're an NBA fan, must listen. If you're a NBA journalism junkie, must listen. So thank you for all the tweets, all the texts. If you tweeted how much you liked the show, or if you texted one of us how much you liked the show, and you listen on Apple Podcasts, or even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, go there, click on Rejecting the Screen, click the five stars, and write subject line, Howard Beck episode. And then in the comments, just copy and paste whatever you wrote about the episode over text or Twitter. That's how easy it is. And that would help out the program. Coming up, I'll let you know who to bet on Christmas Day. And also, <sighs> Kyrie. Adam, let's start, though, with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Shocking news. <laughs> He's staying in Milwaukee. I was floored. And if, and if you've listened to this podcast over the past few months, you, you'd know that we had him out the door to L.A., Miami, Toronto, anywhere but Milwaukee. Stop it. He never once said that he was leaving Milwaukee. There was never any indication from Giannis or anybody close to Giannis that he was unhappy in Milwaukee. And he stayed in Milwaukee. Great news for Milwaukee. Great news for the NBA. We'll get into what it means. But I think first we have to go back and just examine again what's wrong with the current climate and how we report things. The Giannis situation, as you point out, never says he wants to go. He's just a superstar playing on a small market team. We hear all the time that it's unfair for small market teams. All these guys jump to the big market teams. They go to the coastal teams. And and by the way, that's where everyone wants to be, right? They have these huge recruiting advantages in, in Miami, and in L.A., and it's so unfair, and the super teams, fans are sick of that, right? NBA Twitter is sick of that. Oh, they, these guys go and jump to these super teams and have to go and play with their boys and all this stuff. So what happens? Everyone then makes the assumption Giannis is going to do the same thing. He's in Milwaukee. He can't possibly be happy there, even though he says, I'm happy in Milwaukee, and has since day one, in spite of coaching changes. And then even the success they have in the regular season – Last year, is that what we call it? Last year, last season, does that, that work? The, whatever it was, the Bucks were tops in the league in, in scoring and tops in defensive rate. I mean, best offense and defense all year. Then, then we have the, the shutdown. We come back, resume play, and things get wonky. And, of course, we have another letdown in the playoffs. All of a sudden, now Giannis has to go. And all the while, Noah, you and I had said, hey, he hasn't said he's leaving. But the problem is, and I just I, I think it's very important people remember this so that we look at it going forward. People then write articles based upon this belief now that's out there that Giannis is leaving. And now he's got to answer for that. And teammates have to worry about that. And then, of course, when Bogdanovich 
when that fell through, all of a sudden it was, oh, well, now Giannis is for sure. He's really frustrated about that. So now it was all about where's he going next, which again, I mean, I just think about how that impact, like that's not who he is. It's not what he's been about. And then when he delayed the extensions with a comment, like I'm not thinking about it right now. Of course, he gets the deal done a week later. Awesome for the league. But it just bothers me so much that we keep going based on stories, based upon a report of the idea that Giannis should be unhappy because he plays in a small market. So let's stay with small markets. So in 1993, when the league was on fire and Jordan, the Bulls are winning their third title, like the Cleveland Cavaliers were really good. And Mark Price was an all NBA guard. Is that Mm -hmm. bad? Is that bad for the league? Larry Johnson was in Charlotte. Was... Was that bad for the league? Charles Barkley was in Phoenix. Is it bad that Damian Lillard is in Portland? Or Devin Booker is in Phoenix? Or Luka is in Dallas? Why does everybody have to play for the Lakers or the Knicks? Doesn't It, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. When... Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili were running the league in San Antonio. Sure, mm-hmm. ratings ratings for the NBA Finals weren't that great. But there wasn't a clamoring chorus of Tim Duncan's got to get to LA. No, it's, well, that's San Antonio. And the league has profited off that. It's not like revenues were down. Okay, finals ratings were down. Has that impacted the future TV negotiations for the NBA. Last I checked, they're making billions. You don't want a, you don't have a situation where one industry, Giannis, leaves a town and then everything else collapses. You don't want that. I'm still waiting for the report in from Cleveland from when LeBron left, what that did to the local industries. What did it do to, to the bars and the hotels. Giannis leaving Milwaukee would not have been good for the NBA and would not have been good for one of the NBA's franchises and their owners. It, it just doesn't work that way. The LeBron economy, right? There's mm-hmm. also the Giannis economy, certainly in Milwaukee. And, and look, we're not in the golden days. We're not in the old days. We're not in the the... 80s 90s aughts of tv ratings drive everything world yes that's an easy number that's easy to quantify and easy to then compare uh across the board and say yes certainly when the lakers are in a finals what the tv ratings look like because of the amount of people that live in the los angeles area we know that major markets obviously are going to do well when their teams play in finals, when there's a long finals, ratings are going to be way up because of the amount of people. It's a, it's a population thing. It's a, it's a numbers game, but here's the deal is that nowadays you think about it. Is there anyone who doesn't know who Giannis is or isn't totally familiar with his story that's around the league? The NBA Twitter obviously is such a huge deal. The social media platforms, the ways we consume the league digitally, which again, aren't necessarily quantifiable in comparable terms. And so because of that, 
first of all, there's never going to be 30 LAs anyway. I don't want to see just everybody goes to LA or to Miami. And certainly nobody's going to, to the Knicks of note, at least outside of the draft. I'm excited about OB Toppin. But, but across the board, Noah, it's awesome that we get some type of parity, that we have some equity around the league. And by the way, I, I get in arguments all the time. I love the NBA's salary cap structure because for exactly this reason, this is what the whole intent of max deals and the super max and the ability for hometown teams to be able to pay their players more. It's not just the hometown discount. It's the idea, hey, if you want to dig into your pockets and you're willing to spend extra, we'll make it so that this guy has a greater incentive to stay. And I love that about the NBA. It just hasn't worked out as the NBA had hoped for <laughs> up until right. this point. Those right. guys just haven't signed it because there's so much other money to be made. And you get to the point where you've made so much money. What honest, it's crazy to say, but like, what is an extra year and $50 million, it, which is bananas to say, but that has been the case in the past. And this isn't to say that Giannis in a few years could say, I want to get out of here, mm-hmm. but he is making the commitment now. And we should celebrate. And I think and I and I think it has been more of a celebration than not of someone. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna use the word loyal when hundreds of millions of dollars are here. Loyalty is a, uh, that's all relative. But I think <laughs> it should be celebrated that we all celebrate that Giannis wants to be with one organization that he isn't pulled by the lore of somewhere else, that he likes it there. Just because you might not think that Milwaukee is a great place to be, who are you to say he shouldn't be there? And the NBA is an isolating existence, right? If you're an NBA star, you're already stuck I mean, we all saw it on Last Dance and think about it now where it's even even more powerful. So many of these guys spend their their nights like in not just hotel rooms, but then obviously in their own palatial estates and watching TV, playing video games and and living a world in which they have their own chef that they're not out in the in the public space. I mean, yes, we hear about the the cases that are different than that, but. Giannis is enjoying life. He's living life to the fullest. And as you say, enjoying his time in Milwaukee. And by the way, we all know also, most NBA players don't live in the town that they're, that they're playing in anyway. Most find a way to live in LA in the offseason. Go to LA in the summertime and you will just see a city that's, that's crowded with NBA players at different spots and, and restaurants and all that. And the other point that I want to bring up, Noah, is just this idea again. The Bucks also, I understand the, the playoff flameouts, and there are going to be questions. And now there's a ton of pressure on, on Coach Bud now, right? I mean, that's, that's a given. But we're talking about a team that finished tops in the East for the last two seasons. And I think what Giannis has done should be celebrated. He's getting individual success with MVPs. He's had team success in the regular season. We don't know what would have happened if it wasn't a bubble. So now the Bucs could very likely go for their third year in a row where they finish number one in the East. Giannis is going to be in the running for MVP again, for sure. And by the way, they've added Drew Holiday, who is one of the best two-way players in the NBA. 
So the Bucs have a very real chance to contend again. There's every reason for him to stay. And by the way, they might not have Bogdanovich this season, but there are going to be other guys. Now that they know, know that Giannis is going to be around for years, Andrew Holiday, who is beloved around the league, they're going to be able to draw other players there now too. And it would have been such a different situation if Giannis hadn't signed and let it go and then he's facing all the questions all year. But those questions could be controlled because there's no media in your locker room. You're just on Zoom and you're on Zoom for one time. It's not like you're made available to the visiting team. You know, everything is all timed out. So if certain reporters can't be on because they've got to cover their team, then they can't see what's going on on the Bucks Zoom. It, and the fans, you're not hearing it from the fans. So just the circus would have been limited this year. And so now Giannis was able to control all of that himself. Coming up, I'll give you already what I think is a lock for Christmas Day. Plus, let's go back in time with Kyrie's nonsense. Hey, Adam, you have that built bar today after your workout? You have that one yet? Maybe a carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, mint brownie, banana bread. Have one of those yet? Oh, you know I'm going to. I haven't had my chance to work out yet. I'm going to get my built go, get yep. my peanut butter and honey built go, suck that thing down, go for the workout, <laughs> and then I'll hit the built bar later this afternoon. Smart, smart. Six new flavors gives you 18 amazing flavors. So it's like doing math with like a kindergartner. <laughs> if you have 12 flavors and you add six more, how many more do you have? Oh, you've got 18. Now I'd say to Eden, being in first grade, all right, you've got 18. Now mm -hmm. break them up into three equal teams. How many built bars are on each team? Then now you break them up, six, six, six. That's six times three. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp mm. are the six mm. new flavors to go with coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, milk brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and Peter peanut <laughs> butter brownie. And they're as good as they sound. They are as tasty as they sound. And they're so soft that no matter what age you are and no matter what your tooth situation is, you can eat it. Mm -hmm. So you, you get the idea. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're low in sugar, high in protein. You'll actually be amazed how low in sugar they are. Like the cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar right now. Free cooler with purchase while, while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. And here's why. <laughs> Listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, quick hitting advice, all in the Locked On format. So quick hitting, right to the point, easily digestible. 
so that you can make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And when I go on to betonline.ag and I look at Christmas Day and I see mm-hmm. Nets Celtics is still listed as a pick'em, I think it's a lock for the Nets on Christmas Day in Boston. No fans there. And you know those mm-hmm. Boston fans are drinking early on Christmas Day. No Kemba. And I think the emotion of seeing Kyrie, KD together is going to get the best of Jalen Brown a bit. And I think KD and Kyrie are going to do something special on Christmas Day. I think they're going to do something special all year. No reason to think that Christmas Day would be any different. I'm with you. All right, betonline.ag presents Locked on Bets. All right, so speaking of Kyrie, so he did speak to the media. It wasn't like he Mm -hmm. wasn't going to speak all year, but he said he doesn't talk to pawns, and my attention is worth more. Well, to who? Who who is your attention worth more to? And for what? It's like the old Ricky Waters. For who? For what? Why the alligator arms over the middle? So he was fined $25,000, failing to comply with NBA's media rules over and over and over again. And this year, there's even more limited availability. So just do it. Now, I think we can have a bit more of a nuanced conversation on this. This isn't just the, hey, Kyrie, like talk to the media. What's your problem type conversation? Right, right, that's why I right. wanted to go into it a bit more that this isn't shut up and dribble, Kyrie, but this is your job. It's, it's part of the contract that you signed. I, I went back and re-listened to, because I remember listening at the time and having some side eyes. I went back and listened to Kyrie on Bill Simmons' podcast on June 15th mm-hmm. of 2018. And he's saying, um, all I want to do is play basketball and have fun. Well, you know what? You actually get paid to do more than that. You get paid to speak to the media. And you have other community obligations. It's all part of your contract. And this was just after he didn't show up on the bench in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland as he recovered from deviated septum surgery that he could not have in state that he had to fly for. And his agent had told Jackie McMullen that he wanted to be there, but he couldn't fly. So he suffered this injury in November and then he was out because of the knee, but now he needed surgery. And then Danny Ainge, I watched a clip. Danny Ainge said, I don't think he wanted to be seen. Well, that's that's because he's vain. And he was just thinking about his physical appearance. That's why Kyrie Irving didn't show up to sit on the bench and support his teammates in game seven of 2018. Now I feel like a, a lawyer presenting its case. Right. That right. Why, why does this evidence matter now? Sure. Because I think you need to know the background of what has gone on with Kyrie over the past few years. Well, I'm going to give you another one, Noah. So as I was trying to dive into, what is Kyrie's psyche really all about? He's one of these guys that in some ways we feel like we know, and then in others, I feel like he's an enigma. So how do we pick his brain? How do we learn more about him? And he had a very open discussion a little while ago 
on KD's podcast, the et cetera's with Kevin Durant and, and Eddie Gonzalez. And I want to play you a clip real quick from that podcast because it really stood out to me. Look up to Kobe. And I was like, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, well, what did he learn? What did you learn from him? What did he teach you? What do you remember most? And she said, I want you to remember that same thing, that same way you're smiling, that same way you're answering with a smile on your face that you can feel the energy of a person teaching you. You need to remember that a lot of people look up to you that same way. Same way, you know, even your superhero has looked up to a superhero before them. And sometimes the superhero can forget that you have all of humanity rooting you on just because in your mind you feel like you're not good enough because of all these people that are telling you you're not that person. You're not, you can't be that person. And I wrestled with that for a minute, bro, like of, yo, I don't want to be too accessible, but then at the same time, I know I have a lot to offer, you know, and it's not just conversations that I have on here, but it's also conversations I have with Kay. And I know Kay be like, well, why don't, why don't you tell that to other people? And I'll be like, well, sometimes I'll be like, yo, they probably want to understand, bro. This idea that he's wrestling with his accessibility and what he keeps to himself comes down to a premise where he didn't say it, but it's essentially insecurity. And it's something we we all deal with. And even in that clip, he's even not saying those those terms, but my own insecurities. He speaks a big game. And Kyrie is a very bright guy. And he is charismatic. And he has all these things, which could make him one of the faces of the NBA. He already is, but more of like a second-tier guy that we think about. We put him on the pedestal. Between his talent, he was a top pick. The fact that he's a Duke kid the fact that he's charming, all of these things. If he was out and and really opened up to the media in general, I think that, that Kyrie would be there as one of the main faces of the league. But the issue is that his insecurity keeps him from that. And because of it, things like the deviated septum incident that you talk about, his issues in Austin where he didn't really understand leadership and he had this whole drama act where it was, I'm going to get – uh, I'm going to call Le- I called LeBron to find out how he led us and and which we knew was phony and then he does this KD podcast and in that podcast actually mentions hey Durant you're the first one actually in my career who I felt like you know late in games that I wasn't the best option for us to to go to which obviously a veiled shot at 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 uh, LeBron James so I I I I go back to this thing he references Kobe in that clip and I will just say it reminds me so much of Kobe Bryant. Their personalities are very similar in that they came into the league as young guys that had a lot of hype and attention. They have crazy parallels. Their dads were both very good players, but underappreciated. His father, obviously a, a BU player mm-hmm. at one time, Noah, shout to the Terriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kobe's dad being Joe Jellybean Bryant. So outstanding players that maybe didn't reach their full potential or weren't appreciated as, as maybe the sons felt like they should have been Fathers pushed them some. They learned a lot from them. They had overseas influences. All of yep. these things that are these, these great parallels. Bright kids who grew up with, with interesting, curious personalities that want to do more than just play basketball. And just like Kobe, though, I think the most interesting parallel is how not just their work ethic, because I know how hard Kyrie works on his game, and it's obvious to anyone who watches him play, but also it's in the idea that 
they're both trying to find their true selves early in their career. And, and that authenticity that we spoke to Jeff Perlman mm-hmm. about on the three ring circus interview that we did a couple of months ago, same thing, I think with Kyrie Irving, he's constantly trying to find himself and constantly misstepping. I think it's a great parallel. And, and I also think that it's okay. So you, so just own it. Yes. You yes. can say I've made some mistakes, but if, you're going to make a comment like you did to KD and not expect LeBron to fire back or not expect it to be a headline, then you're misguided. And I'm not telling Kyrie not to say that. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Say it, but own it. And you can't then use that for what you said and it became a headline. You can't then say, well, everything I say becomes a headline. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to say anything. Right. Again, you can't have it both ways. And he does, Terry Rozier told Jackie Mack that offseason, and I'm talking about in 18, that Kyrie had to delete all the apps on his phone, like the social media apps, to stop looking at what people were saying about him. Sensitive. Which is fine. Yes. But just, but own it. And if if he's not happy, then I hope he finds whatever can make him happy, but don't blame others for your unhappiness. And, and to that end, I think Kyrie's always been searching for it. He went to different high schools trying to find his identity back in, in high school. And he's, he's spoken about this. Like he ended up at St. Pat's, which is obviously a, a powerhouse in, in New Jersey. And the competition was crazy, but considers himself a New York City kid. So there was always this idea of like, well, you're not one of us until he becomes the top high school player in the country. So it's understanding that background. He goes to Duke and is dominating, but with the injury, people then question him again, goes to the Cavs. And he's got this great situation for him on a personal level where he's becoming the superstar for the Cavs but they're not winning. So then LeBron comes in and it's okay. Well now of course LeBron takes over as the alpha on this team and he couldn't really find it there goes to the, to the team USA camp. And we, we see the famous video where he challenges Kobe actually one-on-one. He says in this KD podcast that he was actually nervous about approaching LeBron and had rehearsed his, I mean, approaching Kobe rehearsed his speech about how he was going to challenge him to a team of one-on-one but he's constantly trying to find himself, prove something to himself, and then goes to the Celtics like, okay, maybe it's it's Boston I need to go to where I can establish my own identity, be my own star. But it wasn't the right collection of guys, and I don't think that they never ever looked at him as a leader. And especially when they won in the playoffs without him, that really put a damper on things. Then goes to Brooklyn, now he gets KD, and it's almost like the two of them sort of are in the same spot where it's like they haven't, one in the way that they feel like the public has accepted that's supposed to win. I think they're going to have an awesome year. I think they're going to contend for a title. I am a true believer in this Nets team. And I love how they gel together and they defer to each other, but also push each other to a greater light, uh, level on practice, on the court. I think huge things ahead. But I still think we're seeing this Kyrie Irving version of himself where he's trying to find who am I? And as you point out, that's perfectly fine. It's okay for someone who's not yet 30 years old Mm -hmm. to feel that way, but just own it. 
And, and I think this situation where all these press conferences are on Zoom, I think this benefits Kyrie. I think there's it's less of a circus and you don't have to be face-to-face with folks. I want to go back a few more things here. Also during that Bill Simmons podcast, I thought mm-hmm. Simmons did such a horseshit job of asking Kyrie certain questions. He says, you know, about sitting out during the playoffs. He was like, mm-hmm. you want to be that veteran leadership guy. So how tough was that sitting out? You want to be the veteran leadership guy. Like, don't put words in his mouth. His right. relationship with, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier at times sucked. And then he says, do you like those press conferences? I'm talking about the finals. Do you like those press conferences? Because nine out of the 10 questions, nine out of 10 times, those questions are going to be awful. <laughs> so I disagree with that because I've sat in those press conferences for years in the finals and the questions are not awful. Sometimes, sometimes they are. And sometimes, yes, they talk, talk to me about questions. Yes. Right. But I'd also argue that you want to be veteran leadership guy. So how tough was that is just as bad as a talk to me question or talk about question. And Kyrie then went down the road of he paused and he was like, I'm glad the NBA does a great job showcasing us. It's too much entertainment. So he doesn't want to talk about the personal stuff, which rarely comes up in a NBA finals press conference An NBA finals press conference. Most, a large majority of those questions are about what just happened in the only game being played in the league, in the NBA Finals. Got it. Great. So if Kyrie doesn't feel like he's allowed to be criticized by fans and his time is worth more, then Kyrie's so misguided because fans pay his salary. Without fan interest in this game, then... He's not making as much money as he is, and we don't have an NBA. So why would he then isolate the fans with certain language and a personality that he's, I don't know whether he truly believes in or not, but why would he try to take that route of a villain? This doesn't make sense to me. Just doesn't add up. It just does not pass the smell test. But see, here's the thing. I don't I don't even think that he he looks at it as he doesn't appreciate the fans in general, because I think it's about, again, this idea of insecurity. And I think it's this sensitive nature that he has this idea that he's going to say the wrong thing and alienate people. And in doing that, he ends up making things even worse for himself. And I I think it's the fans, actually, I think in some ways he wants to be accessible there's times where in his career he has made himself such. And also he's part of the, is it the uh, players network? Am I getting that right? No. Is that the channel that he's an investor in? I think it's the players network. Something like that. But, players TV. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about showcasing the, the player's lifestyle. And, and that's something that he wants to, again, give to the fans. He's big into art. Uh, I know that, that, that he's huge into art. He's huge into finding ways to express himself. And what is it that artists care about on a deeper level? It's somehow showcasing your art, putting it out for the world and having it connect with others. 
in this case, the world is fans, right? And so there's all of that. So I think the thing, the disconnect though, is how the media helps you to do that. And and referring to the media as as pawns doesn't even make sense anyway, because his whole problem is that they don't do what he wants them to do. The term pawns <laughs> references the idea that it's someone that does what you're asking them to do, that you're using them essentially to get to where you want to go. And that's been the whole problem is that his message always seems to be lost, that these missteps seem to happen because the connection's not there with the media, not so much the fans. He's trying to connect with the fans through the media and his pawns, as he calls them, aren't doing a good job of being gateways to, to enable that. You know how he really could have connected with the fans if he if he had shown up in the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2019 against Milwaukee instead of shooting 30% from the floor games two through five and 18.5% from three when they got drubbed by the Bucks. Absolutely. And what, no, one thing, uh, one last thing that I want to mention on this because you because you just said it. It's that same idea that I was bringing up about him trying to find his own identity. It's weird because when Kobe Bryant had his his rough spots and his friction in terms of connecting with fans, and he always thought of himself as the good guy and the nice guy, and then when everything happened in Colorado and all of a sudden the public perception changed, he became he took on that Black Mamba persona and said, all right, well, no matter what, I'm going to be a motherfucker on the court. Well, and I don't care what anybody thinks. And you know what? I'll be the villain for a while as he was trying to find himself. It's almost like... Kyrie has tried to tap into a villain version of himself and has no backing for that or no basis. And so it's like, where does that even go? And again, it just comes off as another misstep. And when Kyrie focuses and we as, as lovers of the league focus on what he does on the court specifically, kid is special, man. He really, he, he has some special talent. I will say that. All right. Speaking of missteps, story time. So we go back in Adam's life. That's next. All right, everybody's got to listen up because the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcast all week. Plus, well, that's on Locked On NBA. Plus, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and the rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'm really looking forward to hearing the preview of the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers, two teams that I would put my money on to come out of the Eastern Conference. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, just type in rejecting the screen and click the five stars after you hit subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. In the offseason, and we don't have a whole lot of time left, Adam has regaled us with stories of his past. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing yet to do that on the air. I've shared plenty with Adam off the air. I'm not willing to get that personal on the air yet. But I will tell you, I've not heard yet back from the Charlotte Hornets as their transparency continues to elude me as to why I did not get the job for the second time in three years. But I did hear from Adam's ex-girlfriend on Facebook who Adam told the story about the Boys to Men concert. And 
no, I did not accept her friend request because we're not friends. Why, why would I accept a friend request on Facebook from someone I'm not friends with? Adam, this week, what do you got? <laughs> that was incredible. That was incredible. By the way, I was just thinking about how if, if over the next 20 years or so, when you don't get one of these jobs that you deserve to be one of the voices of the NBA, and we go through every team and, oh, and you go down the road of every team, I'm just saying like that's, that's not going to happen, but that's the only scenario I could imagine in which all of a sudden we hear some of the really good Noah Kozlov college stories. So we will not be doing the podcast if we're <laughs> You're at just that gonna end point it there. Where, where I've gone to now 60 jobs. No, come on. You're out of your mind. <laughs> you know me better thought, than that. I thought you were just going to end it up. We are not going to be doing the podcast for another few weeks. So, um, so uh, yeah, people have liked some of the, the college stories. I've gotten myself in some trouble. I've heard back from, from many people, as you've, as you've alluded to. So I've got one from my college days. Um, <clears throat> my freshman year of college, remember, went to Ithaca College in upstate New York. Very cold in the fall, never mind the winter, then it's just frigid up there, lake effect, snow, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, my, my freshman year, my brother's a couple years younger than me. So my brother and some buddies of mine from high school came up to visit, you know, as, as people do when you're, mm -hmm. when you're in college, we're hanging out, having a good time. And, uh, the two friends and my brother got the idea that they would introduce themselves to all the girls in the tower, we, we were in the West Tower, which went up, I think, about 12 floors or something. And they the each floor was based upon gender. So so odd floors were all the women and, and, the, and the men were on the, the even floors. We were on the fourth floor. They decided they were going to introduce themselves to every girl in the dorm. Okay, that already is kind of terrifying for me that they're going to do that. I said, you can do that on your own. I'm not going to partake in this. I'm still a freshman. I'm just getting to know some of these people. Uh, but, you know, they didn't care. They're like, hey, we're at a college visiting, what have you. So not only did they decide, though, they were going to do it, they wanted to really make an impression. So they got totally naked, <laughs> except, keep in mind, this is winter time, except they put on their winter coats and zip them down to about their navel. I'm not going to say this was a good idea. I'm not going to say it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm just going to say this is what they decided to do. I was not a part of it. They went to every, every girl's room, knocked on the door. And as the girls opened the door, they would just say, Rob, Randy, Vincent. But they didn't have a follow-up for that. Girls were, some were terrified, some giggled. And then they literally just went to the next room and then knocked on the door and said this. Now, go ahead. What year is this? 1995. Winter of 95. You'd be arrested so fast yes. in 2020. You'd also be exposed on, on the social media platforms, on Snapchat. Word would get around, right? Security would be called in. But this was just what they did. They, they went around. So they go floor to floor. So it's first floor, then third floor, then fifth floor. So they go to each one. 
word is starting to spread now among the floor because people now girls are coming out talking to each other now guys are hearing about this all this they're on like the seventh floor and some girls are laughing there's like three or four girls in one of the rooms and they say hey hey guys we're in the middle of something right now um why don't you come back in uh in you know why don't you come back in in like 20 minutes we have something to do so they had a couple of friends come by Rob, Randy, Vincent come back to the room. 20 minutes later, they're like, we have to go back up there. They asked that we go back up. <laughs> they go back to the room, right? And the girls go, all right, well, let's see what you got. They walked in and they go, guys, let's watch a movie. The three of them. They take off their coats, drop them, <laughs> buck naked. They watched a movie. With Come like on. five or six girls in a room. No, dead serious. They just watched a movie, hung out with them. And th- that was it. Like totally innocent story. Like the girls are in- laughing innocent. at them the whole time. Well, <laughs> totally I mean, in this sense, in this sense, girls are laughing at them the whole time. At some level, you have a comfort level there. I, I don't know. So movie finishes up. So it, here's the deal. So I'm downstairs with some other friends. Can't believe. Now, my brother, again, Noah, he's a couple years younger than me. He's a junior in high school at this time. The courage of him. The other two friends of mine were my age, but but didn't go to my college. So that, that's why they had all come. So here's the best part. The girls are laughing hysterically. They can't believe this has happened. It's amazing. The three of them put their coats back on, zipper them down to the navel again. They're laughing. They think it's the funniest thing. They get on the elevator now to come back down to the fourth floor. They get on the elevator As they get on, they step onto the elevator. There is a parent there with his daughter, obviously showing her like the school, like to go look at it on like a tour or visit. It was very obvious to them. Elevator door shut. And they're there for an awkward couple floors down to the the fourth floor. This dad is horrified. The girl is like, Oh my, this is what oh, college si- is? Silence or there Silence. was something spoken? Silence in the elevator. Like I, the dad just doesn't even know what to say. Like I'm sure just like, well, and we've knocked another school off our list, right? Elevator doors open. Rob turns and goes, Rob, Randy, Vincent. <laughs> elevator doors shut <laughs> as they step off. And the, and the postscript, the follow-up to the story is, a few months later, my cousin, Scott, comes to visit me at Ithaca. He's, he was also in high school. He came to come, come for a night. He comes to visit. He looks a lot like my brother. So he shows up, and he's walking around campus, and people are call, going to him, you're naked, boy. You're naked, boy. Oh, wow. It was amazing. <laughs> he's like, what's so, this naked boy thing? <laughs> so can the title of this podcast be Giannis Kyrie? Rob, Randy, Vincent, or like Giannis's town, Ooh. Kyrie's identity, Rob, Randy, Vincent. Oh, I love it. I love it. They'll at least get a kick out of that. They'll at least get it. And that's what we're here for, just for somebody to get a kick out of something. Do you know what movie they watched? No, but you know what? I can, I can find that out. So maybe that's something on Instagram we could do something with, because we do need to pick up the Instagram a little bit in some ways. I guess. So. I think one of them might be in prison now, so he might be hard to get a hold of. But 
it's another story for another day. But I'm sure you can still get on Instagram. Comment. <laughs> Frank Isol unable to join us today. We are on Instagram as the snow starts to come down in New York City at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at Naismith Lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Please, no Facebook requests. Please. Sorry. Fine. We're not Sorry. friends. We're not, not friends. She is a very nice girl. And we never mentioned the name. So I'm also going to say that we don't know which ex-girlfriend it was. We don't know. No. We don't know which ex-girlfriend it could have been. I'm not going to say her name. I won't do it. Again, if you haven't listened to the Howard Beck episode, the Going ISO edition from earlier this week, highly suggest you do so. And we put out the Reggie Theus podcast again because in all airness, our buddy Adam, Adam Ryan, had yeah. tweeted, this might be the best podcast conversation or this is the best podcast conversation I've ever heard. So go back and listen to the Reggie Theus one. And once you do that, find all the others. It's a great way to spend your time hearing stories about the NBA. Everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NBA, five days a week. You can hear the team previews. You can hear from Chad Ford, Locked On Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd, your team every single day. Also, Locked On Bets. Get some cash. Not going to tell you it's guaranteed, but by listening to your boy Q and the experts on Locked On Bets, you're more likely going to win money than lose money. Can I say that? Is that legal? I didn't sign anything. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.